this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. Welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world, people sharing ways to improve your life. And Jonah, today our special guest is Anthony, or Tony, as he's known to his friends, Amuso, describing, and I'm very, very excited about this program, the hidden treasures in the Hudson Valley, and that is also hidden treasures of the Hudson Valley is also the name of your latest book. Yes, it is. New book published by St- Stefano Press. Stefano Press. Stefano Press. Stefano Press. Yes. Tony Musso, welcome to. Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much. Radio Rotary. So, uh, what are some of the hidden treasures of the Hudson Valley, and what got you interested in in finding them out? Well, what got me interested really is. Uh, you know, I write a weekly column for the Poughkeepsie Journal called Dateline. It kind of tells about life in the 17th, 18th, 19th century through hamlets and historic structures and things that kind of are not on the mainstream tourist hit list. Um, I, I kind of dig around and do some research and try to find a history be, behind structures that you probably pass every day. Other than FDR's house. Well, for and see, example, that's the thing. When you know, people, people come up to visit of, me, of they the want to go to the FDR home or they want to go to the Vanderbilt Mansion. Mm -hmm. And I often thought, when I was coming out of the Vanderbilt for about my 40th trip, uh, I thought to myself, I wonder if the people in this parking lot, I saw West Virginia plates in Vermont, if they knew that there were three other historic sites in the area within 10 minutes, probably free admission, you know, if they would be interested in going. And so that's what jump-started me uh, to putting this project together. There's 55 sites in the book. Well, let's just name a couple of them that might be the most. Well, can I be selfish and name a couple of that that are some of my favorites sure, that are absolutely. not on the main and you know the what? main radar? What's great about Tony's book and about these hidden treasures of the is Hudson that Valley, you can buy the book. Well, besides buying the book, <laughs> besides buying the book from Stefano Press, Stefano, Stefano Press. Stefano, I'll but it's, it, I'll get it right sometime. And your local bookstore or online. But, but anyway, a we'll lot tell of you these how to do it. Hidden treasures have no or minimal admission fee. And that's important in today's world. Folks, it's a great day out at some of these beautiful sites. Or Let's a suggested donation. Right. Well, a lot of them have so suggested A lot of them have suggested, like the Van Wyck Homestead, uh, mm-hmm. very, very prominent. Uh, that was the headquarters. They overtook uh, the Continental Army, took over a house in Fishkill, made it headquarters for the and Fishkill the name Supply again? Depot. Say the, the name Van Wyck Homestead. Uh huh. It's located just south of 84 on the east side of Route 9. People pass it every day. You know, it's a quaint looking, beautiful house, but I passed it a million times before I did research on it. That house actually was uh, the inspiration for a book by James Fenimore Cooper about a true life story of a double spy during the Revolutionary War. So, I mean, these are the kind of sites that are. All over the area. And needless to say, the Hudson Valley is full. It's a plethora of uh, historical, pre-revolutionary, oh. revolutionary, uh, Civil War yes. um, um, secrets or stories, as, as we say. And sure. as we are discovering um, a couple of things that are very close to my heart, um, one, uh, well, let, well, let's talk about the Doverstone Church, because okay. that really is off of the beaten path. That is. And um, I passed 
the sign, the entrance to where you can hike up to it every single day, back and forth on my way to my office down right. in Dover Plains. I have one one of my offices is down there, um, and I became kind of fascinated with it. And you, well, you you tell us, you it's there right on the sidewalk well, next I to the funeral home I at the light in Dover Plains. Yeah, I understand it. That sign was put up recently. It is. It's it within the past five years, maybe yeah. four years. Well, the funny thing is when I first learned about it, there was a historian who since retired moved out of the area and she kept telling me, you have to go visit the Dover Stone Church. But she told me nothing more about it. I'm a photography buff. And so I took my cameras and one day I went out and, you know, you have to go up kind of a gravel driveway in between two private homes to yes, get up to the d- trail. You can't believe that this is, that, the, that yeah. you, first of all, you think, oh my gosh, I'm on private property. Uh, Somebody's going to sh- come running out their yeah. back door with a gun or I shotgun thought, or let me bring a yeah. bottle of wine in case yes, I walk into exactly. a barbecue, you know? <laughs> right, right. But it's a wonderful trail. Uh, and, and when I got out there, I'm expecting this big gothic steeple with a church bell. Well, the Dover Stone Church is a rock formation. Just what it says. What a it's grotto a stone inside. Church. Right. Yeah, there's a 24 uh, square foot grotto inside. Over a century ago, a big boulder fell from a top and it landed upright like a podium would. Mm-hmm. And they named it the pulpit. Uh-huh. And behind the pulpit is a 30-foot waterfall. I mean, it's just a fabulous site. And now the town of Dover owns the property, mm-hmm. and they've made it very accessible. The only hillside that I had a little trouble commandeering was a little wet and muddy. They well, you want to wear your, your boots a little bit, too. Yeah. I mean, you, you, want, you don't want to go there in fancy shoes. You right. want to have comfortable, because it is a little bit of a hike. It's in, a half but... a mile hike through a meadow and then through the woods, but it's it's just there's picnic tables out there now. You could take a little lunch with it's you. A it's great a great family place. excursion, yes. too. Yeah, that's just one it's of a the... naturalized yeah. church, stone church. And I've got to look, you know, a couple of years ago, I was at a function for the Center of Compassion in Dover, and um, I bought at the auction a photograph of the entrance of the stone church. Oh, it's and I very wonder, famous. But I wonder if, if it's one of yours. I'm going to look at the at the at the signature on the oh, bottom okay. of it. I'll have to check because yeah. you've do, you've taken quite a uh, done quite a photo study on that location. A lot of you? a lot of photos. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is yeah. which is one of the uh, questions I wanted to ask Tony Musso, uh, our guest and author of Hidden Treasures of the Hudson Valley. Uh, every one of uh, your chapters is another hidden treasure, another wonderful place for people to visit. Yes. And the book is loaded with beautiful photographs. Did you take all the pictures in the I book? I took everything, yeah. About the that? text is mine. The photographs are mine. Um, <laughs> it, it was a labor of love, I have so, to tell you, because I love finding these mo- places. Moving away from Dover to the eastern part of Dutchess County and, and okay. the Hudson Valley, what are, what are some of the other sites recommended? Well, ironically, visit? you can go right across the street from the Vanderbilt Mansion. I give a 60-minute PowerPoint presentation to a lot of groups, uh, just gave two last week. And I usually start with the Vanderbilt Mansion is my first slide. And I tell people this is not in the book. And they think I'm a little crazy right. starting the presentation. But I illustrate that if you walk right to the edge of Route 9 and look across the street, you're looking right at St. James Church, right. which was the home parish of the Roosevelt's. It's right. where the 1939, the King and Queen of England came. They had a big ceremony. So, I mean, that's how close these sites are to the mainstream sites. Mm-hmm. You know, tourism, tourism is such an important part of the Hudson Valley economy. I mean, your book really is going to be the Bible for people who want to come up and visit. And uh, if people are interested in not only obtaining a copy of the book, but maybe having you speak to their group, uh, how do they contact you? Oh, sure. They can uh, get online. I'm at www.musobooks.com. 
or, or they can email me at musobooks at AOL.com. Give that one more time, Tony. And folks at home, get a pencil and paper. We'll repeat that in the second half of the show. Okay. It's www.musobooks.com, and my email is musobooks at AOL.com. And this is not the first book you've written. You've written a book on a variety, books on a variety of subjects. I wrote a book in 2005 on FDR and the post office, and that's not his politics and not anything else. It just has to do with his lifelong hobby of stamp collecting mm-hmm. and how he transformed that hobby into a major pastime during his years of public service. It was always thought to be a child's hobby until he got into right. office. Right. And he turned it all around and also turned around the post office in their perception of stamp collecting and how important you know they could be to the financial bottom line. He also had a hand in designing a few post offices himself. Oh, he well, not only Poughkeepsie, that, he Hyde took Park, Rhinebeck. He, there were five WPA post offices in Dutchess County. Works progress. We're the only county in the right. yeah. We're the only county in the country that has five. Uh, Beacon, Wappingers Falls, Hyde Park, Rhinebeck, and the grand one is Poughkeepsie. Right, mm-hmm. beautiful, world class murals in every one of them. And uh, and he really, really changed the face. Uh, 406 post offices were built as part of the WPA program. That's so. wonderful. And that was no coincidence. Well, um, of course, he's probably the most famous resident of the Hudson Valley, arguably, sure. FDR. And I'd be remiss, um, since this show is sponsored by Rotary International, if we did not bring up the fact that, of course, he was a victim of polio as yes. well, which he contracted as an adult. He was also a Rotarian. And he was a Rotarian. The Albany Club. Yes, yes, he yeah. was. So we have a lot of uh, six degrees of separation, we yeah. should say, here. Yeah. Yeah. And got- I can tell you that Top Cottage is in this book. That's one right. chapter in the book. And that book has it has the distinction, that building, of being only one of three buildings that were designed by a sitting president. Uh-huh. The other two were designed by Thomas Jefferson. The other thing fascinating about Top Cottage is that he designed it after he was confined to his wheelchair. So the hallways and the doorways are all wide enough for him to get through with his wheelchair. Was First handicap accessible uh, building really designed by a handicapped person. Right. Yeah. Well, a little bit of trivia. I know we have to cut from the break, but in the main house, which he lit, he resided in mostly his mother's house. Yes. He it was never readjusted to accommodate his no. handicap, and he literally pulled himself physically up and down the stairs. And hey, you know, we're going to explore most of his life. Right. We're going to explore more of some of the hidden ha- treasures are. of the Hudson Valley with our our friend and guest Tony Musso. Uh, author and uh, publisher of the book. and But first, we're going to remind our listeners they're in tune with Radio Rotary on the air and around the world by podcast on iTunes and at RadioRotary.org. My name is Jonah Trebois and my co-host is the effervescent Sarah O'Connell, our very special guest Tony Musso, author of Hidden Treasures of the Hudson Valley. And Sarah, who treasures us enough to sponsor us this week? <laughs> well, Jonah, this week Radio Rotary is sponsored by R- Rotary International, Rotary District 7210 and the clubs of Congress Valley Cottage, Highland, Hyde Park, Kinderhook, Tri-Village, Middletown, Millbrook, Newburgh, and New City. And we'll be back with more Radio Rotary after these important messages. This tree was never chopped down because this crutch never needed to be carved because these legs never grew weak because this child never got polio. Over the past 20 years, Rotary Club members have helped immunize over 2 billion children against polio. Now we're on the brink of eradicating this crippling disease once and for all. But we need your help. 
thanks to an historic matching grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Every dollar Rotary raises will work twice as hard to make sure vaccines reach the people who need it, to protect the children of the world against polio forever. This is an opportunity to end polio now. Visit rotary.org slash end polio. Rotary. Humanity in motion. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel, CPAPC, is a full-service accounting, tax, and business consulting firm. JGS specializes in business succession planning, including ownership transition, management transition, as well as family and non-family transitions. The JGS staff works alongside you to solve the problems of your specific business or personal situation. JGS is conveniently located on Route 211 in Middletown, New York. To learn more, please contact JGS at 845-692-9500 or visit them on the web at www.jgspc.com. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel, your essential partner in business. Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell, and welcome back to this edition of Radio Rotary. I am joined by my co-host, Jonah Trebowasser, and today our special guest is author, journalist, columnist, and historian at large, um, Anthony, or Tony Musone. You might recognize his name because he you, you have a column in what paper? I have actually two columns. I write a Dateline column for the Poughkeepsie Journal Gannett Newspapers, and I write every other week a commute column. For okay. the Poughkeepsie Journal. For the Poughkeepsie yeah. Journal. And today we're talking about his latest published book entitled Hidden Treasures of the Hudson Valley. Um, and off mic, we were also talking about this. This is barely cold, and you're working at wrapping up volume two. I'm always working. You know, I retired from my regular uh, job. I was a writer, editor of a monthly magazine down in Manhattan and a media spokesperson. I retired in 2008. And so I write... I'm putting in more hours now than now I ever writing. did, <laughs> well, there, <laughs> and this, I'm loving every minute of it. This Good. area, of course, the Hudson Valley is rich, rich, rich in in history, oh, yeah. pre-revolutionary but up till today. Book, this book's an absolute gem: Hidden Treasures of the Hudson Valley. Everyone should go out. It's uh, get, uh, go out and get a copy. It's by Tony Musso, and. Um, you know, when you have uh, people visiting, they say, oh, you know, uh, can we go see the FDR home, the Vanderbilt Mansion? And there's nothing wrong with taking them to that. They're very interesting. But there's an awful lot else out there you could take your uh, visiting relatives to. and Or even that if you are, haven't, that explore free, it yourselves. That are, that free are or minimal, reasonable. Um, minimal uh, fees or entries or suggested donations to the sites. And one of them is the, that I'm particularly interested, is the um, Esopus Meadows is it lighthouse. Meadows? The lighthouse. The Sopus Meadows Lighthouse. That's in the Port Ewing uh, community. Area. Uh, that was built in 1871. It has the distinction of being the last wooden lighthouse on the Hudson River. Is that and, right? Yes. And that went into real serious uh, disrepair, disrepair yep. through the years because the Coast Guard took over all the lighthouses, which ended the river keepers. You know, uh-huh. that's a house. That's an right. actual it, bedrooms. It do, and, and for people, they might. They, it's that it's the one that looks like almost like a mansard with a steeple in the middle yes. of the Hudson River. You know there. where you can get a great view of it is from the water of uh, the Mills Mansion. Go Mills right Mansion. down to the bottom and you're looking right at it. Which um, is another which wonderful is where I took that site. picture from. Oh, you did? From yes. Mills? Yeah, yeah, Mills is in the second volume, volume. of my Good. book. Yeah. Good. The Natural Amphitheater House is what I call it. Yes. They, they used to have a lot of music festivals there on that property. Oh, yeah. It's very and nice. Just to yeah. show you how clueless I was, when I first moved to the Hudson Valley in the late 70s, and they said, let's go visit the Mills Mansion, I thought it was the old Mills Brothers uh, trio. <laughs> 
<laughs> I want to buy a paper doll. His whole life is I these remember seeing them in Las Vegas. <laughs> I remember group. seeing they them. Were great. Uh, yeah. So tell us a little bit about this. So it, it it's now been restored. Well, a group or these, came and we're, of course, we're talking about for our listeners that just joined us, the Esopus Lighthouse. Meadows Lighthouse, right. And uh, yeah, a restoration group came in. They started raising a lot of money for it. They actually, that building was starting to list. So they actually had to firm up the dock. Uh, and now they've restored it to a point where they have a boat that goes out to it. So you can access that. It's, it's a nominal charge for the boat to get out there. Their main plan, and it's not complete yet, is they want to make the whole first floor of the uh, Riverkeeper's house. They want to make it a museum on lighthouse history on the Hudson River. So oh. it's very interesting. It's going to be a nice uh, trip. And then, you know, we were talking about another site off mm-hmm. air, too. That's the site where you would get the boat to go out there is the Rondout District in Kingston. You know, we all know the Rondout District in Kingston for its nice restaurants. Oh, they've got fabulous restaurants, all kinds. and art galleries and everything. It's a very interesting area. And, you know, the buildings, uh, you look at the buildings in the Rondout, and you can immediately tell they're historic. They're 19th century buildings because in 1820, that transformed from a very quiet farm community Mm -hmm. into the southern terminus of the 108-mile D&H Canal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they built this canal from Honesdale, Pennsylvania, down to the Hudson River to get coal down to the river. It cost them $1.2 million to build that canal. <laughs> when and a dollar was a dollar. <laughs> when a dollar was a dollar, exactly. And and there's interesting stories. There's, there's one restaurant that's in what used to be called the Sampson Building, and that was famous because on the first floor was Sampson's Department Store. And they were famous in the 1820s for having live monkeys entertain the children while their parents shopped. Shopped? (laughs) So, uh, you know, there's a lot of interesting stories like that in the book. You know, Tony uh, Musso, uh, author of Hidden Treasures of the Hudson Valley, uh, we have a lot of Revolutionary War history here in the Hudson Valley. People don't understand or or appreciate that right in the Poughkeepsie Courthouse, right in the Poughkeepsie Courthouse, one of the major debates about the U.S. Constitution took place about whether or not it should be ratified. So uh, let's talk about a little bit of Revolutionary War history people can look at uh, from your book, Hidden Treasures of the Hudson Valley, uh, like in Fishkill. What's going on in Fishkill? Well, Fishkill is is just one of the nicest places. First of all, it's a very quaint village. And I spoke earlier about the Van Wyck House, which is located south of 84. If you go right into the village of Fishkill, you have the Dutch Reformed Church on the corner of Route 52, which is Main Street and Route 9. It's on the west side. That was a military hosp- uh, military prison during the war. And on the other side of Route 9, also on Route 52, you have Trinity Church, which was a military hospital during the Revolutionary War. Um, that was called Smallpox Hospital by the locals because that's what a lot of the troops were treated there for. In addition to that, Fish- the village of Fishkill still has two stagecoach hotels Uh, from back in the day. Uh, That was the first transportation hub for people traveling from New York to Albany. They would both meet in Fishkill. They would spend overnight at the hotels. They even had a dance floor on the top floor of one of the hotels they carried on for many years after Stagecoach. And um, then the next day they would board the other the other stagecoach that they, you know, traded and they would go back up to Albany and the other one would go back to New York City. So it's a very historic area. And of course, we have the uh, the Beekman Arms in Rhinebeck where George Washington actually slept. Or you have so the, the, so the, t- the chef tells me. I was going to say, is that yeah. is that that ever been 
proven true. When I see George, I'll ask him. Okay. You know uh, what? If you look up George Washington's history, because I was always very cynical about that. I saw mm-hmm. so many plaques. George Washington slept here. I said, uh-huh. did he ever sleep at home? <laughs> yeah, right. You know? But during the Revolutionary War, George Washington was extremely mobile. Yeah. And and so he did spend a lot of nights in different places. He spent the most time in Newburgh, uh-huh. you know, at his uh, headquarters there. You know, Be- the Beekman Arms is still a wonderful place to, oh, to stop in. Oh, it's an outstanding. A great place pub, great bar. I mean, you know, the whole everything else that goes along with it. But The the interesting ahead. thing about the Beekman Arms is the facade of the Beekman Arms uh-huh. was put on when Tracy Dowes bought it. And Tracy Dowes replicated the front of George Washington's Mount Vernon estate in mm-hmm. Virginia. And that's why it looks very familiar very to similar. people. Yeah. 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 Now, you know, one of the uh, more interesting stories that you can bring from uh, Hidden Treasures of the Hudson Valley by our author, Anthony Musso, um, is the Hitchcock estate. Now, it's not, it's not Alfred Hitchcock. No, Good it's not. evening. No, it's so much more. It's, it's uh, well, for local people and Millbrook people. It was a, um, it was the epicenter of the drug culture during the mid-1960s, which is very, you know, when I think of Millbrook, and, and I have friends in Millbrook and visit it all the time, I think of horse pastures and, and peace and everything. And here you had uh, uh, one of the Hitchcock boys, uh when he befriended uh, Dr. Timothy Leary, and when Leary was fired from Harvard in 1963 for advocating the use of LSD, um, one of the Hitchcock boys offered Timothy Leary use of the estate for $500 a month, and it turned into uh, just... Uh, drug explorations and hippies all around the lake and music and everything. Interestingly enough, uh, he got evicted from the site after a 1966 raid. Uh, You know, the people in the community weren't too happy about this site. And this raid was led by then Dustress County Assistant G. Gordon Liddy, Liddy, who went on to Watergate fame. Yeah. Yeah. Fame and fortune. Yeah. Fortune. Let's not forget that part. Yes. <laughs> I think he has a couple of books published. <laughs> yes, he does. So, um, and then um, just a little side note, because it's from a town I lived in, in a long, for a long time in Dutchess County. People forget that milk was pasteurized at the Borden factories oh, in Wasay. You know, I love that building and it's still standing. It was built in 1861. And something else happened in 1861, the Civil War, and Gail Borden entered into a contract with the Union Army, and from that plant in Wasaic, they uh, supplied the Union Army troops with canned milk for the duration of the war. Mm. So yeah. in, the minute, in the minute we have left, Tony Musso, uh, let people know how they can get a copy of your great new book, Hidden Treasures of the Hudson Valley, well, if and you, if they'd like you to come talk to their group, how they can get a hold of you. Sure. Uh, well, first off, uh, I have the book available. I have signed copies that I send out, uh, getting it off my website, www.mussobooks.com. Spell Musso. M-U-S-S-O-B-O-O-K-S, www.mussobooks.com. And the same thing, mussobooks at aol.com is my email. And I certainly, I've traveled to Syracuse and Suffern and Lake George, so I go everywhere to do this lecture. Actually, you know, this has probably been my my most popular book because uh-huh. everyone loves local history. Well, and the photographs are wonderful too. I just, uh, well, thumbing people like to it. see what they're reading about. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing too is that the end of each chapter, I put either a physical address or direct, uh, exact directions to make it a nice trip. 
Corey Musso, thanks for sharing the hidden treasures of the Hudson Valley, and thanks for joining us on Radio Rotary. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure being here. And Sarah, who brings us Radio Rotary this week? Well, this week, Radio Rotary has been sponsored by Rotary International, Rotary District 7210, and the Rotary Clubs of New Windsor, Cornwall, North Rockland, Pleasant Valley, Poughkeepsie, Arlington, Red Hook, Rhinebeck, and Wallkill East. Sarah O'Connell, this is Jonah Trebowasa. Thank you for tuning in and asking to join us again this time next week for another edition of Radio Rotary. And be sure to look at our website, RadioRotary.org. Thank you.